the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Never had him on before. I've known him for a very long time uh, to bring on the show. Phil Boyce, he's the senior vice president here at the Salem Radio Network, which owns this station. He had a piece that spoke to a lot of things I've been saying, and I wanted to talk to him and, and, and expose you all to. He had a piece today in Talkers Magazine, which is really the, the Bible of talk radio. Phil Boyce, Happy New Year, um, and thanks for joining us. Happy New Year to you, Seth. I think it was a little over a year ago you and I ran into each That's other right. in Jerusalem, That's of right. all places. That's right. And we had a very nice chat. Yep. We had a very nice trip there. Yeah. Uh, so it's nice to, to hear your voice again and get a chance to be on your program. Well, thanks, Phil, and thanks for letting us do these programs. You, um, you, you represent a company. I have said to the audience over the, over the certainly the last few weeks and months, but over time, you know, it's. It's a tremendous privilege to be in an industry where we are not told what to say or think, and we can just have an open dialogue from our perspective, which is increasingly not the case in other institutions, as we are finding out. So your piece, Talk Radio, America's Last Best Hope, out of this mess. Before I get into it, Phil, a lot of my listeners, a lot of uh, listeners to other programs uh, that you oversee, a lot of them are worried that they're going to be coming after talk radio again because we are the last bastion of non-leftism. Is that a concern of yours as we go into this new uh, administration? Yeah, it has to be a concern because you don't know what they're up to. You do know that the left really hates us. And you have to wonder, well, why do they hate us? Because we represent free speech, and they really don't like free speech. They want to control your speech. They want to control everything about what you say, and they want to be the thought police. And that's a disturbing thought, and I never thought it would come to this, but we never thought that there'd be a day like this. And we are in perilous times. And so talk radio listeners, your listeners there in Phoenix and our listeners at Salem all over the country, need to be ready to stand up for their rights to have a radio station that expresses the views that they hold. And the left does not hold these views. They would love to silence those views. And that's a very disturbing thought. We just uh, are going to have to buckle our seatbelt and fight for the rights to keep talk radio where it is. One of the things I was a little surprised about from what I saw, you may have seen it differently, you may have seen other instances or evidence of this, and if not, were you surprised? I was a little surprised talk radio wasn't blamed for some of uh, what transpired last week. Usually, uh, people like Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, they've 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 often put talk radio in their sights to blame uh, for stirring up uh, emotions in people when extremists do extreme things. I've never thought they were right. Obviously, I've always thought we were uh, unfairly uh, attacked. But I was a little little surprised. I didn't see I didn't see us uh, taking taking too many hits over the last couple of uh, days. I don't know if you did or if you noticed that. I didn't see that either, yeah. Seth. And, and I was pleasantly surprised yeah. uh, that we were. You know, the crosshairs didn't land on us. Yeah. 
Uh, but that doesn't mean that they won't right. at some point in the future. Right. Uh, you, you think about the things that they say about talk radio and the efforts that they have to silence us. For example, uh, they love to call us racist. Yep. Well, you know what? I don't know of a single racist host in America. There may be one. I'm just not aware of him or her. And uh, we are the least racist platform that I know of. There are many African-American conservatives in this country. Some of them work their way to the top and have radio shows. I've got one working for us at Salem, uh, Larry Elder, who's just a fabulous guy. And I know of many others. Uh, it's, It's a myth. It's a misnomer. It's inaccurate. And when someone accuses talk radio of being racist, I'd like to know an example. What did the host say that was racist? And chances are it's something that is being taken out of context. Uh, the, the other thing that I think is frequently a misnomer or a myth about talk radio is that we're anti-Semites. Now, you know that's not true, of course, Seth, and, and we've got many examples to prove that that's not true, but... I recently got a uh, kind of a snotty email from an anonymous listener uh, with a picture of a person who was storming the Capitol, and he had an anti-Semitic slogan on his shirt, something referring to Auschwitz. Mm -hmm. And he said uh, something to the effect, I bet talk radio's really uh, thrilled about this guy. Well, no, of course we're not. You won't find a bigger defender of Israel than talk radio. And you won't find a bigger defender of the rights of the Jewish people than talk radio. And I, again, I will say it just like I did the racist comment. I don't know of a single anti-Semitic host on the radio in America today. There might be one. I'm just not aware of it. I think we pretty much run them out of the business. Uh, the other thing that, of course, is a frequent uh, misnomer or myth is that talk radio somehow supports violence. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, you made reference to it in your question to me. Yeah. Fortunately, they didn't accuse us of that on this one because there were no examples. Right. We haven't advocated for violence. And in fact, every talk host I have uh, and, and, uh, and many that I don't have have decried the violence and condemned it. I talked to Mark Levin today. Uh, he's on your station, mm-hmm. but he's not one of mine. But yeah. he's a guy that I actually hired uh, and started his talk radio career when I was at WABC in New York. And uh, he's one of the smartest guys I know, and he's a defender of the Constitution. Of course, he's appalled at what's going on in America today, but he, uh, you know, he's not one of those to go off the reservation and say stupid stuff that's going to come back and haunt him. He's not. He's never has. One of the things, I, I agree with everything you've said. We're talking to Phil Boyce, uh, Senior Vice President here at Salem Radio Networks. I, I agree with everything you said, Phil, and I wish more people would learn it. What I have found, as I know you have found, is when liberals or even left-wingers tune into our shows, they're surprised. They're surprised that we are not, in fact, what the New York Times Every other year says we are when they decide to write that same piece. You know the piece. I mean, every other year. But, 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 but what I do worry about in this country, two words you used. I'll leave the anti-Semitism out for a second because it's, it's a slightly different thing. But 
racist and violence, inciting of violence and racist. What I worry about is that these terms have in some respects lost their meaning so that if you are a Republican or just by dint of having voted for Donald Trump, you are ipso facto a racist. If you uh, believed that there were irregularities in the election and said so, you were an inciter. Of violence, I worry about these collapsed definitions and terms. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, uh, the Washington Post this morning ran a story about cumulus. There you go. And yeah, a, right. And, I saw and, that. Right. Yeah. A memo that they wrote mm-hmm. to their talk hosts, mm-hmm. and and the person that wrote it, uh, I don't want to condemn him because I don't know him, but I don't think he's experienced in this format. Yeah. If he was, I don't think he would have said it. But he basically said, if you claim the election was stolen, we will take your job away from you. Right. That's well, exactly I would, right. Right. I would never right. write an, uh, a memo like that to any of my hosts. Right. And I don't need to, because it, it's my job to find the biggest, best, brightest talk show host on the planet. And if I have to start telling them what to think and what not to say, then I've got the wrong host. And I haven't done a very good job prepping them for the job that they have to take on. Uh, I have a lot of respect for talk show hosts who go on the air for two or three or four hours every day and deal with some of the most incendiary topics that uh, are generally not discussed at the Christmas uh, table because you're going to get in a food fight. uh, And yet they do it with class and dignity. Uh, One thing I put in the piece that you referenced in Talkers was that every host that I know wants to take on the other side and hear what they have to say and challenge them and get them to think and try to convince them that maybe there's something in their argument they haven't thought about. And when you can bring one of them over just a little bit, isn't it the greatest victory that you have that day? To say, yeah, I brought that caller, Joe from uh, Scottsdale. I brought them over to our side just a little bit, and it's it's the free exchange of ideas and opinions that make this format so special. That's you that's that's well said. Let me let me pause you right there as I hit a break. Can you stay one more segment because I want to pick up on I that sure that whole. Thank Happy you. Tuesday. I appreciate it. That whole notion of the free exchange of ideas and. How it's become so at discount now in America in a way I just never thought it would. Uh, We're talking to Phil Boyce, senior vice president here at the Salem Media Group, and uh, we will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. That's one great voice, Johnny Cash, another great voice, and one who gives us uh, the privilege of having a voice is Phil Boyce. He is the senior vice president of Salem Radio Network. Had a really good piece. You can go to talkers.com to read it. Talk Radio, America's last best hope out of this mess. Phil, going into break, you you said that um, – and it's 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 obvious uh, that that we all agree with this you said going into break that talk radio is really one of the if not the last bastion of, of free speech as it is it really should be understood interchange of ideas uh open open really to all comers who want to challenge or listen or do a give and take with a host 
hosts are pretty diverse, even in the same movement. I think there's a diversity and range of views. But this free exchange of ideas and commitment to freedom of speech, I've never seen it at more discount in America than I do now. This this thing that you and I and uh, so many of us esteem so much, the notion behind the First Amendment, it, it seems like it would have been an easier case to make 20, 30, 40 years ago. And today, a lot of people actually just don't believe in freedom of speech anymore. I don't know if you're picking up on that or, or if so, if it worries you. I do pick up on that. Uh, I, I think it's a characteristic of the left to not value free speech. I don't think they value the First Amendment. I don't think that they value freedom of religion. And I don't think they like the fact that people get to say what they think and without retribution. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the left today wants to accuse you of doing or saying the wrong thing and then make you pay. Uh, They will drag you through the streets. They will cost you your job. They will break up friendships. Uh, I've had family members refuse to let me see their children because I was a uh, a person on the, the right. Uh, I'm the guy who found Sean Hannity and brought mm-hmm. him to New York. Right. And not everybody likes that idea. Right. And that's uh, despicable. It's disturbing. And I would counsel my friends on the left to think about doing that before you start breaking off friendships with family members uh you know, there there are bigger things and more important things in life than what we get to talk about here on the radio every day. We talk about important things, but it's not a thing that you want to break up your family over. Yeah, I get that question a lot, actually, from listeners, especially around the holidays. What do I do or what do I say to my liberal or lefty cousin, aunt, sister, mother, dad, uh, child that doesn't want to talk to me because I said I was voting for Trump. It's a tough issue. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it, my, my own advice has been, you may disagree, my own advice is, uh, you know, it depends on how much you value that relationship. And if you value it, then that's more important than who you vote for president. Um, I, I, no, it's very, very, very true. Now, uh, most talk radio listeners probably fell into the Trump camp. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if it was necessarily Trump himself or if it was the or uh, you know the various uh, programs that he brought to bear, um, there were so many things Trump did that fit in line with the conservative viewpoint. How could you not like this guy and want a continuation of him? Want him to get another four years? I don't know what's going to happen here, but I know that talk radio is still going to be standing up for those things that Trump did. And I guess one of the biggest things he did was brought pride back to America. Uh, his whole slogan was about pride in America, and it was putting America first and believing in our country. Uh, those are things that are also not valued on the left very much anymore. No, that's right. And one of the things I've talked about a lot with this audience, and you would know given um, the history you've had in politics and communications, is I don't think the left and the media really said that much differently about Donald Trump that they have said 
about Ronald Reagan or, for that matter, Barry Goldwater, other conservatives, when they were in their prime, when they were running for office and in power. They've even said it about, quite frankly, John McCain and Mitt Romney. It's just that they, they called them racists. They called them all the same epithets they called Trump. It's just I think the volume is louder because social media was bigger. The outlets were louder. And I, and, but yeah. but I, I, it's Republicans they hate. It's not Trump. He's just, I think, the convenient uh, pinata at this point. That's that's yeah. something I think we conservatives have to embrace and understand going forward. Because if we think Trump's the problem, we don't understand the problem. My view. Well, right. And, and the one thing that Trump did that infuriated the left was he called them out. Yeah. When he started calling the mainstream media fake news. Yeah. That drove them crazy. But the truth is, the mainstream media was reporting things that were not true or completely distorted. They would not report other things that made their side look bad. They absolutely had thrown in for the, the Biden campaign and were not willing to report anything negative. I mean, we know this from the laptop of Hunter Biden, right. which all of a sudden became a legitimate news story right after the election was over. Right. Right. That 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 and that was another form of censorship that was new. I've never seen newspapers try and shut down other newspapers like you will remember in Watergate. It was a fight between the New York Times and Washington Post who would get there first or the Pentagon That's Papers. Right. right. And then they joined each other in lawsuits against the administration here. They're actually trying to shut down each other where they disagree on the outcome. And I think that's a dangerous new world, too, that we're living in. Yeah, it's very disturbing, very, very scary. And uh, who knows what this country is going to look like in five to ten years. Will we get it back? I don't know the answer to that. But I do know this. Talk radio will be here in one form or another. They may try to hurt us, too. They've tried to hurt other uh, members of the media They that, are, that lean uh, conservative. Look what they're trying to do to Fox News. Yep. They're trying to do this to Newsmax. Yep. They're trying to do it to One America News. So... Yep. Uh, they'll, they'll they'll come for us too. We just uh, have to be strong enough to withstand it. Our hosts are uh, at least I'll speak for the Salem hosts. Sure. They are the smartest, brightest, best hope for America. They can explain things better than anybody. They can help you understand what to make of all of this craziness that's going on. And I get the sense that our audience is coming to us now more than ever. Right. And hopefully they can always will. I think you're right about that, Phil, and hence uh, the, uh, ever the bigger target for the left to try and shut us up. The better we are, the, the stronger they want to they want to silence that's us. True. And I think that's why we are so grateful to people like you and the whole leadership here, which is just you, you just you, your interest is not shutting us down. Your interest has never been that. And um, we thank you. So in part. Not only did I want to give you uh, the opportunity to further promote this article that you had at Talkers, but to, I guess in a way, just say thank you. Thank you for your ongoing commitment to the free exchange of ideas and to be brave enough to not be afraid of ideas. Thank you, Phil. Well, Seth, thank you for what you do every you, day Phil. on the Aaron Phoenix. God You're a needed you. voice. Thank you. We appreciate you. God bless you. And by the way, Happy New Year, Phil. Happy New Year to you, Seth. We'll, we'll talk again you soon. Again. You betcha. Maybe we'll, you come back with us to Israel with uh, Prager and Gallagher. I, I would love it. It was a great time. It was a great time. Thank you, Phil. Yep. God bless you. Godspeed. Thank you, sir. Thanks for... Uh, 
staying with us. You know, one of the things that occurs to me that uh, makes all of this possible is, of course, our sponsors. And uh, to the degree you can uh, you can uh, use their services, we encourage you do so. This hour is brought to you, speaking of, in part by Balance of Nature. I love Balance of Nature. I take it every day, have been for over a year, have given it to family, have given it to friends, oranges, pineapple, papaya, garlic, cayenne pepper, tens of thousands of vital nutrients made from 100% whole food plants, fruits, and vegetables in one daily dose. One daily dose. It's the most effective whole food supplement on the market. You want to boost your immunity? That's the name of the game these days. Balance of Nature boosts your immunity. And they have a great deal where they're offering free shipping, which I love, and 35% off any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies. Give them a call at 800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code BALANCE. My favorite product. Uh, it really is. Jeff is in Phoenix. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Seth. How you doing? I'm well, sir. How are you? Great. I called about the Cumulus article. Um, I heard what uh, gentleman, uh, your, uh, I guess he, he, does he own the uh, network? Oh, no. He, uh, I'm sorry. No, no. He is the uh, one of the vice presidents. He's a senior vice president. Vice president. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I, I say I appreciate what he said and appreciate the words he said um, as far as what he believes uh, for sure. Um, that's why I was calling to ask you about that article. And I heard him say something about the gentleman that uh, email or that whatever you want to call it out to people. Is he in a position to enforce that? Uh, is is okay? So Cumulus is a different network, right? Uh, right. Cumulus Media is different from this network, and I guess what the story is is they put out a memo to their hosts. Uh, and uh, that memo uh, from their executive vice president said, quote, we need to help induce calm now and will not tolerate any suggestion that the election is not ended, the election has been resolved, and there are no uh, alternate acceptable paths. If you transgress this policy, you can expect to separate from the company. In other words, what they're saying is at Cumulus, evidently, uh, that hosts cannot raise uh, objections uh, to the election of Joe Biden based on irregularities that have been discussed since, what, November 4th, I suppose. Um, and that's just another, never anything I've seen here at this company. I've never seen that kind of thing. Um, and it's, it's, an, it's, you know, it's, I suppose in this world we live in, it's that, it's that network's right to say that, but I don't know why you would want to listen to someone who isn't speaking honestly from where, you know, I've always, you know, I, I, I won't always say something you so agree with, but I I'll get, always I, say something I believe. Okay, so at that point, it's no longer a, a, a an opinion show or a talk show or a news show. It's a, it's a well, it is an opinion show then. It's basically just a narrative. It's an opinion show, but it's not the opinion of the speaker necessarily, I suppose, right? It's uh, the, if they are told what they can and cannot say, um, how can you well, trust that's them? My, I guess that's my whole point of yeah. the matter is yeah. where does that come to censorship? Where does what? Where, where does it what? Where does, where does that fall in line with your being censored? 
Oh, I think it's a form of censorship. Uh, any uh, censorship by definition. I mean, there's a question as to whether it's legal or not, and it, it's obviously in this case legal. But it is, uh, censorship is merely the uh, is is merely the, the the curbing or elimination of a point of view or saying something. Right? It's 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 merely right. banning a certain form or kind of speech, viewpoint, or content oriented, and it can be done privately as well as publicly. When um, when uh, well, Ben, when ben Shapiro goes to a private college and they cancel him, that's censorship. It may be legal, but it's censorship. Right. So I guess what a good lawyer should do is look at all of these radio stations that Cumulus has where they say real talk, news talk that you can count on, anything like that, and then sue them on the grounds that they're... False wrong. advertising. <laughs> false exactly. Ad- false advertising, Jeff, yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate it. No, it's it's. A, I can't tell you what, a, in this day and age especially, what a pleasure it is to be part of a company that just doesn't doesn't do that and believes in letting her rip. It, 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 it's a comfort I didn't know I would ever esteem so much as I do now, because who knew this would be the world where free speech and free exercise and exchange of ideas... Um, doesn't mean free. It means what someone wants it to be. It's coming from a ministry of truth, whether from the government or from a CEO. Who knew? Who knew this would be our world? But it is. I'd like to change it. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. There's Rob. Hi, Rob. I knew you were uh, on hold. I appreciate you sticking around. Well, I, I like sticking around. Um, first of all, you know, Brandon had brought up um, the concept, what a concept, of protecting <laughs> Americans' interests. And I thought we should talk about that a little bit because, well, in light of the you know current buffoonery of Congress uh, with their absolutely idiotic impeachment attempt, I guess it's part two. Um, and the fact that after listening myself uh, to the president talk, there was no sedition. There was no inciting of violence. Um, and, and so, you know, here we are in mid-January talking about uh, the, the Congress and not working to protect American interests or Americans because, you know, instead of working for America, uh, you know, and talking about like reduced spending or the budget or the deficit or law and order or uh, re- uh, law and order with the police or helping Americans who lost their jobs, all they want to talk about is impeaching Trump, which they did already, which failed. Um, and and so, do they really think this is going to unify Americans? Wasn't that something that Joe Biden was talking about, and he hasn't even talked about any of this stuff um it's just a bad visual and they're the ones that are making americans look bad overseas um i also want to remind people that back in july there was a congressional resolution uh by mike lee i think it was and it came about after an unarmed utah man was murdered by a mob of left-wing activists they uh mike lee brought up a congressional resolution that was aimed at curbing mob violence but the democrats killed it and and so you know you look at all this stuff in the last week and you think well you know they kill a resolution condemning mob violence 
and yet at the same time they're just you know blowing up all this stuff about Donald Trump and inciting violence, and it's all just it's just doo doo. I mean, it, it just it's so it's such a lie, and the people I guess it's gaslighting. Um, the people buy whatever they uh, are spitting out, and the people aren't smart enough apparently to realize that they're being lied to. One, I don't know. Well, one of the things I wonder, because it's true, um, Joe Biden has spoken of unity and has made absolutely no effort. Nancy Pelosi seems to be interested in making no effort towards it. Is that they right. may not they may not want unity. You know, they want power, and to them, right. to them, unity is perhaps what free speech is to the socialists and communists, which is <coughs> speech. That supports their doctrine, speech that supports their point of view. Uh, well, exactly. And unity is, you know, unity between AOC and Nancy, not between Ted Cruz and Chuck Schumer. Well, that's right. And and I think my, my point really was uh, Congress, which has a pretty low uh, rating among the general American public, um, they're wasting their time on all this stupid impeachment stuff. When instead they could be doing things like, when was the last time we did have a budget? And, uh, when, when, if ever, has anybody tried to step in and seriously and aggressively try to reduce government spending? And they're not doing that. They're just coming out with, oh, orange man bad. He must be impeached. And this is what nine days before he's going to be leaving office. How stupid is that? I mean, they must be wanting to lower their congressional approval rating because it's idiotic. I'm sorry, Seth. It just drives me nuts. Well, you're not wrong. I mean, you look at this and you say it's nine days. What the heck? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they don't see it that I don't way. Know. I think this no, is a moment either. that's a tell. You know, they're showing us who oh, yeah. they are, Rob. They're showing us that um, they are drunk with power. Yep. They have. And that's all they want. Well, they have turned a narrative about Trump yep. and his supporters that social mm-hmm. media has taken lock, stock, and barrel. Yep. And the American people seem to, in Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer's reading of it, seem to be rewarding their positions. They won Georgia, you know. Um, there's. Or did they? <laughs> Well, you know, it's an interesting thing. I was talking to a very high-level uh, 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 employee of one of the senators who lost. I was talking to him yesterday, and I said, uh, I asked him if, if they were alleging any fraud. He said, we aren't. He said, we aren't. They're not? No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And okay. so what I'm thinking is <clears throat> the Democrats have seen the way the country is going, at least at this very moment, and think they can, mm-hmm. you know, kick us when we're down. And uh, we, well, yeah. too many of us seem to be willing to take it, quite honestly. Yeah, and, and that's tragic. Seth. It's By amazing way, to me how many people on our side are saying, yeah, Trump incited a mob. Um, I... <laughs> There was an op-ed in today's Wall Street Journal uh, that I agree fully with, a guy who prosecutes incitement. In no way is that speech Mm -hmm. legal incitement. It's just not legal incitement. Mm -hmm. 
especially not when, at all. No, and 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 so, you know, we have had a corruption of a lot of terms in our lifetime. A lot of terms have been oh, yeah. corrupted. High crimes and misdemeanors mm-hmm. has been corrupted. Collusion has been corrupted. Fraud has been corrupted. Extremism has been corrupted. And uh, I guess now get ready for uh, incitement to be corrupted because to the left and the Democratic Party at this point, supporting a Republican is incitement. It's always been extreme. Now it's incitement. We have a lot of work to do here, a lot of work to do to disabuse the people of these false and fraudulent notions. Seth, we'll be right back. Thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us. Tough times, but we'll get through them. You know, I'm reminded of how much Dennis and a few others distinguish between leftists and liberals. Be a good question to know if there are liberals that exist anymore, if liberalism exists. Maybe I could name two, Turley and Dershowitz. After that, it gets to be difficult. But I'll give you an example of what a liberal used to be. William O. Douglas, I quoted him earlier, longtime Supreme Court justice who um, was known as one of the most liberal members of the Supreme Court. And on this whole issue of speech, he wrote, and I am quoting directly, the vitality of civil and political institutions in our society depends on free discussion. It is only through free debate and free exchange of ideas that government remains responsive to the will of the people and peaceful change is affected. The right to speak freely and to promote diversity of ideas and programs is therefore one of the chief institutions that sets us apart from totalitarian regimes. Can I repeat that? The right to speak freely and to promote diversity of ideas and programs is one of the chief distinctions that sets us apart from totalitarian regimes. Accordingly, a function of free speech under our system of government is to invite dispute. It may indeed best serve its high purpose when it induces a condition of unrest, creates dissatisfaction with conditions as they are, or even stirs people to anger. That's what liberals used to say. I'd like to find a few now. Until tomorrow, God bless you and class dismissed.